coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Hello, this is Barbara Gahn-Mueller, and I am so delighted you're here. But I have a special thank you before we begin our peacepodcast.org today. Um, Many of you have signed up to become part of the Peace Podcast family or the Peace Podcast community. And I want to thank you for that, because you are the people who are helping me get the word that peace is possible, having your friends listen to the podcast. So as I was writing my introduction for our wonderful guest today, I thought I have to thank you. I have to thank you for sharing these podcasts, because once upon a time I was talking to one of the people I interviewed and I said, you know, you don't know when you're going to need this motivation from a mentor. You can go to any of these mentors anytime, day or night, and get a little inspiration, and maybe it will help change your life. Let's go to today. I am so happy to have my longtime friend who even visited us in Costa Rica, who even visited us and meditated with Eleanor, our dear friend from Iona, when my late husband, Robert Mueller, was passing. We meditated on the fact that he was going to go to a new realm, and it was so beautiful. Catherine Collis is living in Santa Barbara now. She didn't always live here. She used to live in Findhorn. Do you know anything about Findhorn? From the early 70s, a spiritual educational center and community? Well, that was where Robert and I had our honeymoon. And I am just blown away by the history of Findhorn. But you know, it wouldn't be what it is today if Catherine's best friend, Roger, was not her husband. He and she worked together at Findhorn to bring the vision of Eileen Caddy and Peter to reality, to be able to trust in the world, to trust that you are going to have what you need to eat as a community, to trust that you are going to be able to use the wisdom you brought to Findhorn. Now, Catherine is not an ordinary woman. She worked at La Casa de Maria as a spiritual director and coordinator of the Center for Spiritual Renewal. Doesn't that just make you want to go there and spend time with Catherine? Well, today I hope I can give you what made her who she is today. And we're going to call this talk Imagining the Future. How do we get to that imaginal gift that we're given and not ignore it? And so without further ado, I want you to know that Catherine Collis, C-O-L-L-I-S, Catherine with a K, is our very special guest today. And I want to ask Catherine a very simple question. How can we take advantage of the gifts that we are given at birth and imagine the future that our world needs today? Is that too big a question? Um. I had written a few notes about what this imagination of the world is about. And really, imagination is about calling forth, calling forth what lies in potential. So the gifts we have through our senses and through our um, feelings and through our imaginings, through our thoughts and creative ideas, These are gifts that ultimately, when you really look at 
what we carry as human beings, we are creators and we are able to call into being so many different things. All we need to do is look around <laughs> our rooms, our, our culture, our music, our art, our institutions, our organizations, uh, including our systems that we've created. They all have come out of our imagination. And I don't look at imagination as fantasy, you know, what our, just our desire is, though some people might think of it that way. I see imagination more as moving us into an aspect of our creative self that is in touch with possibility, with potential, with what is lying in wait to be realized. How and I like that together. How do you put all that together, Catherine? <laughs> well, um, let me just go a little bit and weave back into some of what has led to these thoughts. And my experiences over many years of working with lots of different organizations and groups, because I left Findhorn in 1974, started another organization with a group of people called the Lorian Association, and spent 15 years while I was raising my two girls, uh, traveling around the country, uh, North America, including Canada and the United States, visiting lots of different communities, organizations that were all looking at how do we build a better world? What are the challenges the world's going to face right now? How do we prepare ourselves? And that's really, I think, been the thread that has carried me through all of my life work. Um, in this COVID time, when we have a chance to reflect, I mean, we, we, if we use the gift of this time, and some of us are busier than ever, <laughs> but still, the quiet, the pause, we are being offered an opportunity to review and reflect what are those things that have the greatest meaning what are the teachers who have really imparted their wisdom to us? What are the gifts that we have cultivated within ourselves that perhaps yet we have not expressed? And this has been true for me and for the many circles and groups that I'm a part of during this Zoom, Zoom, Zoom <laughs> time. Um, one of the things is that we're facing a lot of the unknown. A lot of people don't know what's lying ahead, what the future is going to hold. And my, a friend from years ago, William Irwin Thompson, a cultural historian who wrote some wonderful books, passages about earth, the edge of history. He wrote in the seventies and eighties. He always said, you can't drive into the future looking in the back rear view mirror. And yet that is how a lot of us face the future. And so what is it that we need to face in going forward? And it's the unknown. I was very fortunate when I was a student, I finished my ONA levels in England at the Krishnamurti Center and School, Brockwood Park 
And this was a time when the physicists David Bohm and Krishnamurti were having their dialogues. And David Bohm was talking about the implicate order and the explicate order and the super implicate order. But in essence, that which has already come into form as the explicate order and that which lies in potential in the implicate order. And Krishnamurti, who was so much, uh, <laughs> this is his seminal book, Freedom from the Known. Uh, how do we come to thinking in an original way? How do we tap the part of ourselves that brings in something fresh and new that has not yet been before, especially when we're looking at solving problems? Because our tendency is to be unconsciously acting out of our conditioning, what we've been told and taught, not out of our own experience, not out of our own authentic knowing and expression. So that influence of those two men exploring how do you get to that implicate order. And what it reminded me of was what I've always found as a miracle. If you are to take a seed, an onion seed, a carrot seed, an acorn, and you want to know how does that acorn or that seed become the carrot and become the oak tree? Where is that coded inside the seed? And you dissect the seed, and at the very core, what you come to is something that's empty space. It's invisible. And yet in that invisible space is the potency that holds the full potential of that oak tree, that carrot. And we also, as human beings, that fertilized egg, that holds the potential, you know, in the mystery and that very early stages, what that DNA comes into form from is invisible. So I also think about that, like what is held in the invisible coding of possibility for us. Calling in the future is very connected for me to exploring that place and that space that we can reside in that is in the silence. It is in the quiet. It is in whatever way we might tap into that which lies beyond the already expressed and formed. We can sense it, we can feel it, we can intuit it. Our felt senses, our imagination can go into that space. And also, it's just being able to reside in the unknown, in the emptiness of not knowing. So I often share in my retreats that the earth itself is a being and coded within the planet is the seed earth. And it knows in potentiality of what lies for humanity, for all of the communities of life um, in potential. And our ability to, and I think this is the threshold moment we're in, 
the gift of COVID, for all of the terrible suffering that is going on that people are experiencing in families with children, with elderly, and it's an international, global event, uh, which is also indicative of a threshold point. I mean, we're not just going through this in our country. I'm a part of a number of conversations, as you are, Barbara, with lots of people from different places and around the world, and you sit and you hear what they're experiencing in Belgium or Ireland or Costa Rica or parts of Canada or indigenous people in Minnesota. So we're having an experience that is uniting us in a in an uncomfortable way, not an easy way, but nonetheless, this is a moment if we can take it. And I know a lot of your speakers have, have spoken to this. So it's a moment where we can tap into that potential. We can begin to not just sit as I have my own little bench of dreams and what Rob, Roberto, Robert taught me of picking up those two rocks and imagining something that will make the world a better place. Take note of it, write that idea down, put one rock in my pocket and one rock, place it on the earth so the earth can remember. Well, that's not just a childish exercise to me. That is a powerful, powerful practice because I've come to understand the imaginal is the causal. The imaginal part of our being is what we are discovering through prayer, through, through uh, understanding fields of intelligence. We're beginning to wake up to other parts of ourselves, not just the left brain, sequential thinking, the objective reality that's just on what we can see and what we can know. We're waking up to other parts of what we are, who we are. That have these what you said, wake up to the invisible coding of our potential, waking up in this threshold moment. And it's not just happening in the United States, it's happening around the world. I think nature wanted to take a pause and wanted us to say, you don't need to drive your car every day. You don't need to get on that treadmill of traffic jams and grocery shopping and eating in a hurry. It's time to have that moment. And I think that's what you're talking about. Tap into that, what lies beyond the immediate. Tap into your own potential. Is that kind of what you're saying today? Exactly. And that potential isn't necessarily all written out and explained and has, a, has its, its strategy and its you know, plans. It is something that is emergent from within a part of ourselves that I would call the soul, given my, my training and background. Uh, that part of ourselves that precedes this life and lives on afterwards, that is that part of us that is connected to the sacred. And as I would put it, is, is the force for wholeness making wholeness making within ourselves. So all of the dreams, the visions, the, the insights that come as I've worked with people, because part of my 
my spiritual psychology and human development work has been helping people with their life transitions. And always, without fail, no matter how challenging the situation and people not knowing what the next step is, being in that place of the unknown, something breaks through from a deeper part of themselves that becomes magnetic and energetic and it begins to take its form and shape. And it sort of comes in that liminal time, which we are in collectively, that threshold time where we're between one stage of where we've done things in a certain way and where things will be done in another way, but we don't know what way. <laughs> and we always put it out into, well, if only, you know, so-and-so became president, then that will solve the problem. We are the solution to the problem through what we can begin to tap into within our own selves. And as we begin to realize we are the world, what we imagine, what we are willing to create, is about our connection to one another. And it's like you're reading my mind. You're like reading my mind. That was what I was going to say. We are all interconnected. And it was like, that's what I'm going to ask her. Well, if we're also interconnected, how do we take this human potential or the potential of the unknown and bring it to a place where we can communicate it with each other? Or do we just have to have in a meditative state where we think it and it becomes real. It is an active piece within. Um, it is, I, I'll just share up briefly and I hopefully we have a few minutes. Um, I had a recurring dream when I was a little girl and I had it many times in every stage of the dream, I was a little further along climbing a mountain and I wanted to get to the top of the mountain sort of the classic archetypal journey. And every time you get a little higher, you see a little farther and a little bit more than what, and you know more than what you did before. Getting finally to the summit, there's a lookout tower in this dream. And the lookout tower, as you climb up into it, allows you to have a holographic view of the whole world. And as I'm looking and wondering, awe and falling in love with earth from this beholding of the full thing, I notice there's a black dot on the horizon that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I have a terrible sense of foreboding. What is this? And as I see it approach further, it's like a great storm that is just sort of like the fires in Northern California. <laughs> just overwhelming, devastating. And everywhere this storm is spreading, it is stirring up the elements, it's stirring up memories from humanity's past of every wrong that's ever been done, everything forgotten and forsaken. And it's the elements of what we've held in our experience of living on the earth. And I noticed there's a group of people that are standing and looking into the face of the storm, while many others are running, just wanting to get away from it, hide and get, seek shelter. And I go 
and I'm attracted to this group of people. What? Why are they standing there when the storm is encompassing the whole world and stirring up so much? And yet they are calm. There's a peace within them. And they are just standing in witness of what is happening. And so I run to them for shelter. And what I notice as they are standing there, that they're calm, their quality of presence, not being in reaction to, not identifying and taking sides in what they're seeing or trying to fight it. They're intimately alert and aware, but they are seeing something else. And as I stand next to them, I realize they're seeing through the storm to the future on the other side. What will pa pass is the storm. What has substance is the reality of what we are going to meet when things settle down. Hmm. And what their quality is, as they're standing there and looking, is they actually are becoming that future. They are living the consciousness of that future world that we have dreamt of in our visions and our ideals and the city on the hill and <laughs> making the earth and Eden once again. And so that was what a long way round to Barbara, what I, in answer to you, what is the core gift we have that can call the future into being? And it is for us to rest in that calm and understand that that gives rise not only to informing us and guiding us in what our activism might be, what our part in outer expression might be, but it gives us the development of this inner knowing and inner radiance and the blessing that we can generate and call into being of a future that is just in wait for us. I love so, the way you say call into being because Robert always would say, and they would ask very various questions after his talks and they would say, Dr. Mueller, the world isn't working and you're here telling us the world can work. What is it that makes you different than me when I don't think the world can work in your dream? was very potent because it allowed the same thing that happened to Robert for him to answer, I don't live in what's not working. I live in the possibilities of what's going to happen after. And I imagine, and he did this all the time, he was always on this imaginal plane where he saw the world the way he wanted it. He saw our earth as a perfect paradise. And I buy that dream. I see our earth as a perfect paradise. When I go out into nature, I'm a new person. I developed this group called the um, United Nature that we use nature as our guide. And I was on the foundation for the future. And all of a sudden, all these futurists said, yes, we'll join you because we know nature knows how not to infringe their being on other beings and they work in harmony and that's what i wanted this harmonious relationship and your dream is so powerful that that dot became 
kind of like a wall that separates those who are going to go forward and those who are not going to be able to pass into this new world. Isn't that kind of where it is? You know, I mean, we all get to go together. I realized the dream was really about our collective time. It wasn't just includes my own journey, but so many, many people are on that mountain quest to and beginning to see the whole, the interconnection. And then beyond that, what lies in that invisible heart of our world, mm -hmm. which all the mystics have touched and all of our wisdom teachers. And it is time now for us as a collective humanity, maybe a few here, maybe a few there, but these are ripple effects. These are strawberry runners of connection that just is spreading. And we, our media doesn't cover that. We don't see. Well, it's not practical to cover it's that. It's not because... practical. But Ro Robert knew. He wouldn't have been able to do the hard core work in the United Nations unless he had this other side. They go hand in hand. They do. And that's what we haven't understood. That's what we don't This know. inner part of ourselves moves us into the outer. And then the outer we go back into the inner. It's sort of like that infinity loop. It's not one or the other. It's not becoming enlightened and transcending from the world. Because every time we have an insight, we're called into embodying that insight. Isn't that true? Oh, <laughs> yes. And you know, it's so interesting because Robert spent 40 years at the United Nations. And this is the 75th anniversary of our global voice. And I work hard for the United Nations Association so that we can bring people such as yourself, Catherine, into the um, awareness of others who need to hear this different story, this different imaginal future. And they need to hear it from not only Robert, but from you and me. And I tell people on these podcasts, have a conversation with somebody. Tell them what you saw as you listened to Catherine today. Tell them what you learned. And don't, don't expect them to get it, but invite them to watch one of these podcasts and have a conversation after and realize that your conversation is an opening for the world. What you say today is out there in the ethers. And I always believe that, that our words are powerful. Well, first of all, they're composed of our breath and our breath is so powerful. And it brings us back to reality, the way we breathe, that deep breathing and the understanding that breath is the life force that we all need. And you hear that because it's invisible, just like Catherine and her seed. What's inside of a carrot seed is invisible. But look at that. And yet the full carrot is there. Yes. The full carrot. And that's <laughs> such a good analogy. Just like us, the full potential is there if we let it ripen and we plant it and we take care of it and we bring it to the world. Catherine, there are people out there who's going to say, I haven't had enough of Catherine. What can I do to find out more about her? Well, I, I don't have a website. I haven't written a book yet. <laughs> um, I have my email address, Catherine.Collis, C-O-L-L-I-S, Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E dot Collis at gmail.com. And I'm putting together, because I usually lead these annual retreats on Iona, uh, because I found that to be a potent place that reminds us in our Christian heritage of, of what, what so many people experience. They're finding the inner compass to 
that they can navigate the challenges facing their lives in the world. And in that navigation, learn to serve what is seeking to come forth. And Iona has a 2000 year history of this. And so I, that's what I'd love to do it, but I'm going to, or love to do the retreats, but I'm going to lead an online retreat. <laughs> We're gonna give that a go, that. an online Iona retreat. Um, so that's what's coming up. So if anyone's interested. So we would be emailing you to get information on the Iona online retreat. You know, um, Catherine and I had a long conversation about the connectedness of our hands to our inner body and the connectedness of our hands to our emotional state. And um, there's just so much more that we can gain from this understanding of who we are in our place on planet Earth today. We're here for a reason. We're still alive for a reason. And I think the reason will become more apparent the quieter we get and we look into that, that luminary or that imaginal space that's sitting there waiting for us to discover it. And it besides, it's coded in ourselves and our soul. It's, this is a time for bringing every voice, every part to the table, both in our internal community and in our external communities, in our cultures, in our nations, all come to the table. And in that powerful connection that happens, a new world is born. Isn't that exciting? A new world is born. I am so excited and also full of sadness and understand um, working with individuals also who are going through a really hard time in this time, but there are phoenixes rising here and there. There are inspirations. And often isn't that so when we're brought right down to the hardest things in our lives, all of a sudden we are gifted with such insight and understanding. And that's what awakens compassion. It awakens our heart. It awakens our connections with one another. I couldn't have said it better. I could have waited about 10 years to hear somebody say that, that we become what we think, we become what we imagine, and it's there waiting for us to discover it. The discovery, I, I think somebody said to me, that's the hunt of our lifetime to discover why we're here. And it's the best hunt we can be on. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller, and I'm gonna let Catherine with those words just resonate through you. Remember what she said and let them heal you, let them encourage you and let them bless you so that you can get into your imaginal state and bring the world together because we are all interconnected. Our thoughts become reality. Catherine, do you have a last word as we say goodbye for now? You know, there is a poem I'd like to read, an anonymous poem I found called Birth of the Undivided Self. Deep within our human nature, coded in cell and soul, lies the answers to our questions, informing from our core, the revelation of a new teaching, the wisdom which will lead us through the healing of our world to the birth of the self anew. If we but knew the power and beauty lying in wait within, 
the maturation of the human spirit, the future to begin, that out of the fabric of our living weaves a mysterious inner birth. Upon the care of this discovery lies the fate of our earth. What a magnificent summary of what we talked about today. What a magnificent poem. Almost brought tears to my eyes because I was so emotionally triggered by the words. And it's very interesting that you're following Sojourner Kincaid role because she is talking about the beauty of poetry to summarize where we are today on our planet. And there you come in with this poem. Catherine Collis, I am so honored that you were able to give us this time <laughs> to share. And I know you prepared in a way that you probably never prepared before because this is, this is new territory. We don't we have to go inside and we have to pay attention. I listen to these podcasts myself and I'm absolutely blown away by the wisdom of my guests. And I hope that you will also invite someone to listen to them with you because there's so much wisdom here. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. I'm your host and a grateful interviewer of the most magnificent people on our planet. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Barbara, for all your amazing work. You're so thank welcome, you. Catherine, and thank you.